Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Alrighty, Panthers defeat the Roosters 48 to 4. You read that correctly, you heard that correctly. 48 to 4 defeat the Roosters, who were already coming off a loss last week. Uh, this was shocking. I think I've been saying for a few weeks now, I want to see that game from the Panthers where I go, oh shit. Mm. And I think that that was the game for Panthers. That's, this is the game where I went, oh, okay. These, these Panthers squad, this Panthers squad, even though they've lost their key players, has the same venom and attacking ability as their last squad. Now, I'm not saying the players are equal to what they've lost, but to go out and beat the Roosters like that, that's that scary squad that a few weeks ago, and Cam Smith brought this up, which is a really good point on the captain's run. He was like, I think that a lot of teams have lost fear of Penrith where they go there and they already think that they're beaten. They go there now this year and go, no, we, we can beat these, this team. Whereas I think this has sent a shockwave across the NRL of going, oh, crap. Like the Panthers boys are back in town and they are the team to beat. You know, I'd still say Rabbitohs number one, but they continue on this trajectory. They are the team to beat. What do you think of this game, Gurit? I, I think it's fair to say form-wise the Rabbitohs, but I still think when you get to September football, the Panthers are the team to beat for mm. me. They've been there, they've done it, they've done it in many different ways. Said this the last few weeks. And <coughs> so many angles you can attack this game from, from Panthers' perspective. Obviously, almost putting 50 points on the Roosters is unheard of. And it's not like it's a decimated Roosters side. Like, a lot of star players there. Well, who so, are they missing? Who are they missing? Egan? Who else? Sam uh, Walker, but they, they, they were choosing to not to play him. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they're pretty well full strength. And, like... The 48 points is good, but I guarantee you the Panthers will be sitting there going, we did it again, four points. Defence is what's going to win us this competition, and we just kept Manu, Kiri, Angus Crichton, Tedesco to four points. Jeez. Sweet. 
in like good conditions for footy, hey? Great. We're missing our entire left edge. <laughs> it is honestly shocking. And, you know, from the get-go, it was – I mean, the, the Roosters hung in it for the first 10 and you thought, oh, yeah, they're here to play. And then just got blown off the park. Absolutely blown off the park. Now, I know Fisher-Harris came back last week, didn't he? Yeah. But, I mean, this week, his impact on that squad and that just the way that venom, that bite that he brings to that squad, it is just immeasurable. Well, it's measurable. It's 48 point. You know, that's the kind of stuff that that pack with that aggression can do. But I, I did not see this coming. I did not see this coming. I thought we'd see performances like this from Panthers maybe close to around finals time where they've kind of like slowly built their year up towards it. But for them to come out and do this, absolutely phenomenal. What do you think, Timmy? Mm. How about that, like, mentioned numerous times, like how good Taruva's been coming in for an injured Taylor May, who that seems like an eternity ago that he did his ACL. Mm. Tunga goes down. The return of the Peach. How has the Peach been on the left edge this season? Like it's unbelievable. Come back up. Whenever the Tigers were picking Peachy in their side last year, I couldn't understand why. Yeah, That's how poorly I thought he was going. And then he goes and lights up the Roosters like that playing centre. Wild. <coughs> They're wild like wild Penrith and Bunnies. They seem leaps and bounds ahead of the next best in the competition at the moment, don't they? Like mm. you might have a, a Broncos or I mean, the Roosters are battling after that. Um, it's just Bunnies and Panthers. I think you put it really well, Guru. Bunnies are the form team, but come September, you still want to be on Penrith at the moment. Yeah, Penrith are... Because, like, Broncos, they're slowly building towards being in that, I guess, discussion. Mm. But because we haven't seen them in those big matches towards the end of the year, we don't really know how they'll react. Whereas the Panthers, we know at finals really they can get the job done. You know, Rabbitohs, we know they can get the job done up until a point in the finals. But this Panthers side... Playing like this, it is shocking. It we, is we, we said last week that it, on paper, like the Roosters roster is almost as good as it gets. Like in terms of comparing their teams to previous years, one to thirteen in particular, it's unbelievable. And Penrith just beat them forty-eight four. And it was just a complete. It was a complete shutout. Like it wasn't a, a barrage of tries at the end of the game. It was a total domination. Mm. I am, uh, yeah. I am so excited for the Penrith Panthers in regards to the three-peat is very alive. It is very real. And it's scary to think that this, that as you guys have said, we've this is a Panthers team that has lost key players in key positions and has injuries as well and manages to do this. So go, going into this week, I was sort of interested in how the impact of Viliami kick out on the left edge. So last season... They scored 50% of their tries, Penrith, on the left edge compared to 29% on the right. This year, leading into this week, they scored 22% of their tries on their left, 50 on the right. That mm. is an enormous swing for a team. Yeah. The best thing about Penrith this week, six of their eight tries came through the left edge. There was a toe try on the right, and the, the other trial was a Dylan Edwards one where he sort of cut through probably nearly the middle anyway. So mm. that left edge was just dominant again. Yeah, far out. And Jerome Luai, what a game. Talk about the pressure that has been mounting on this kid. The pressure of, you know, you don't deserve to be there. And the, the tough thing for Jerome, I, and I'll be honest, there is a part, portion of the audience that has genuine, reasonable reasons for why they would select Hines over Luai. But there is also a large 
portion of the fan base that just don't like Lua. So they're like, mm. you know, he doesn't deserve to be there regardless. Yeah. Got to bring someone in. And so you just got all this noise. And you have to remember from his perspective, he's like, I'm back-to-back winning six. I was responsible, partly responsible in regards to I made my debut in a record-breaking defeat of... Because that was his debut year when you guys beat us by a record margin. Um, beat us two times up in Queensland. And yeah, we had a quiet year last year in regards to Origin where we got beaten. But there were plenty of players in that New South Wales side that played quietly. It wasn't just Luai. And so you've got to, from his perspective, he's sitting there going like, why am I getting singled out as the... Now, to be fair, as I said, there is a portion of people say, well, the reason for the singling out is because you've got a guy in Hines who is the Dalian player of the year that plays in your that could play in your position. But what a response from Luai. Yeah, what a and response. And then let's add in Took Samoa to a World Cup final as a seven. Yes. So it's like, well, I'm not completely relying on Nathan Cleary and these blokes around me, am I? Yeah. Can I just take you back even further? He made his um, under-20s debut 2015. Penrith won the comp that year. He then went to New South Wales Cup. They won the comp in 2017. He then went to first grade and they went grand final in 2020 into back-to-back premierships into Samoa. Jesus. Call him what you want. He's a winner. <clears throat> and that's it. It's like around me, like I'm saying that I want Nico at six. Firstly, I'm not upset if Luai's six. Mm. I'm happy for him to be there. It's just that Nico's been so incredible. I'm like, eventually the pencil will drop where you get him in there. But mm. if it's Luai, I'm like, sweet. Just another thing to add to Luai, and I've mentioned it before, but add on top of all that, he replaced James Maloney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they chose to keep him over Burton. And so oh, I, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, every every week last year he was the, killing it and just, you know, as good as Munster or whatever. But the game, at least on the weekend, he was as good as any six in the competition. Uh, he was absolutely electrifying. I think that depending on how he plays this week, but I, I think that this game goes a long way to almost cementing. You'd almost cement him in that six, at least for game one. Be a brave man to, to break up that combination. I think he can lock himself in against the Broncos this week. Mm. That's uncool. Yeah. Because, mm. yep. mm. like, you'd be pretty brave to break that up, regardless of how incredible Nico is. You'd be pretty brave to break that up. <laughs> it's it's why, honestly, five days ago, I must have been the bravest guy in the world because I was ready to break it yeah, up. Yeah, ready to do I it. I was. Then I sat there and watched that game, and at halftime I went, shit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but to be fair, he, <laughs> has been, again. he has been a little bit quiet this year yep. to be fair like you know not not it's not like he's been playing the house down and he's just not getting a look in but the game on the weekend holy moly he was good he was electric a try two try assists 135 meters uh 11 tackle breaks 11 tackle breaks two line breaks two line break assists an offload 14 tackles no misses and i mean you know he was so electrifying the other day and that's that's when you've got Tyrone Peachy at left centre and as good as he was, Scotty Sorensen on that left edge. Imagine when you give him Cam Murray and Luttrell. Well, that's what we saw what he did with uh, Luttrell. Luttrell basically was player of the series that year mm. um, and his six was <coughs> Jerome. Yeah. And it started from word from word go because in that game one up in Townsville, I'm pretty sure, one of the first sets, we're going tit for tat, tit for tat. Luai just goes, gets the ball. He spins a long ball to Latrell. Latrell goes, bang, thanks, see you later, runs the field, and then we're under the pump for the rest of the series pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, Luai was outstanding. 
I still can see a case for Hines coming in at six. There'll be people that will say, well, hang on a sec, this is just one game. Don't get ahead of yourself. But I think it's a little bit more than just one game. Um, I personally, personally, I think I'm locked into you keep Luai there, you give him game one and you put Hines at 14. But I would be happy either way. I'm going to put a lot of uh, weight on this Thursday mm. night against the Broncos. I really am. Well, I'm Hines, but if he comes out and kills Brisbane this week and he's just gone roosters Brisbane back-to-back leading into origin with his spot under pressure, that could flip me. What do you reckon, Matty? Yeah. Definitely before last week I was Hines, but I, I understand why – I fully understand why it will be Luai. I still think it should be Nico Hines. Mm. To, to be honest And yep. I guess it all Kind of depends as well On where everyone else is And like who can be fought If they're not going to run With two ho- two hookers Which I don't know if they will But I just think It's better for Like everyone Like the, Sorry Better for the team If Nico is, Nico is at six And then we have someone like Matty Burton At 14 Who can cover a lot of positions Because I think Nico at six uh, Nico at 14 Sorry Is a bit of a waste Because he can Yes, he can play fullback, but so can so can half the mm. half the back line. Mm. He can play six, but that's really it. Like you just pick him. If you're gonna pick him, I just I reckon pick him at six. That's just what I think. But I completely completely understand why they're going. Well, Hines Hines can play. I'd, I'd argue probably anywhere in the back line, but a, a big one that a lot of people aren't considering is he can play seven. And if if Cleary goes down with a HIA or something, yeah. Then who have, who do you have that can do that? And look, I know I understand every. Whereas when you look at that Queensland lineup, Ben Hunt just bumps straight in there. But then I think if if he goes down with HIA and he's the the five eight, I just put Burton at six. You put Burton at six and then move him to seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and he's the five eight. Sorry, I thought I'm I'm not talking about him as a fourteen. Oh, okay. Right. As why as why you know apart like it's huge insurance a for your fullback. I know other people can play fullback, but you definitely know you can just put slot him straight in there. Um, he's a huge insurance for Cleary. He's a huge, huge insurance for Luai. Probably could play. Could he play thirteen, or do you think probably body not? I think he could handle himself there, but he could. But then we wouldn't need him anyway because we got Cam as a backup thirteen. So and then really. we'd what? You'd put Hines. Let's say thirteen went down. You put Hines to the edge and Cam in the middle. Well, anyway, these well, are all yeah. bloody. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. These. Are, I mean, imagine the depth. Of steps that they have to go down to as selectors mm. of like, what if this happens? What if this yeah. happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? Because you have to, like, look at it. I mean, perfect example, Teddy HIA game three, two thousand and twenty or whatever it was, and you know the yarn was maybe have Paps on the bench at fourteen, and they didn't. And I th- I think people are a bit unfair on Freddie with that because it's like, you know, where else can Paps real really play other than fullback? You know, maybe through the middle a little bit, but he he probably couldn't defend in the front line. I do feel like that situation was the perfect storm. That's what I'm saying. Like Freddie, yeah, yeah, like it'd be on. Like what? So you you're putting him on the bench just in case Teddy gets injured. Yeah. Like where else can you play? If your hooker goes down, you lose it because of that. Everyone's going, oh, hold on. Yeah, but he got smashed for that. Um, Whereas the Jackie White one, I could understand the uh, the frustration with that because even on this show we were saying, mate, put him on the edges, uh, put him on the benches. uh, Big forward, like he's big, he'll get through it. Yeah. Uh, but the 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 Tedesco Pappy one, I didn't get. But yeah, the Hines Luai argument. Either way, someone is unfairly done by it. in the inner regard. You know what I mean? Hines M winner, killing it. Luai back to back premiership winner. Let's say he holds this form. 
it's it's tough either way, man. It really is. And you know, like if I was, you know, as I said for the last few weeks, I have been Team Nico Hines and Jerome Luai came and had that game, and it just made me sat down and think about it. And yeah, if you were being real, Jerome Luai tunnel, there's an argument there that Luai's done it in final series. He's done it in grand finals. <coughs> Nico's won a Dally M, yes, but on the big stages in finals and everything, he's 0-2 with his team. Yeah, it's a fair point. And also, Luai's done it in Origin Series as well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I do think it does get clouded a bit with Luai the personality and Luai the actual player. Yeah, 100% it does. Um, like, for, if he was a really likeable player, do you reckon this, there'd be this much noise about him? I don't think so. But Nico is, like, uh, beloved. <laughs> and obviously, Luai has his detractors. But, I, yeah, huge raps on Luai in regards to the mental fortitude to respond like that. <clears throat> Incredible. And... He's just such a good representation of you don't count the boys from the West out. Like these these boys are a bit different. This crew of boys, this this culture at this club, it's different. It's different. Uh, outside of that, Cleary, once again, Jesus, Jesus. Liam Martin, when he came on, was on an absolute mission. He was he was a a missile. Seriously like a missile. He was shot in the front rowers. He wasn't going for edge back rowers or little fellas. He was going for the big boys in the middle, straight through the guts. I mean, I wonder whether he starts next week because Sorensen was so good. You got Hoskins on the other edge who's been so consistent. You'll probably start him, don't you? Oh, I think they will start yeah. him. Yeah, I think they'll to start help with his somewhere. origin cause as well. For sure, and that's it. Le- leading into origin, he'll be going. I want to start. I want to play big minutes. Not that Freddie'd have too many concerns over him, but you know he has missed a decent chunk through injury. So come in, he'll kill it, and he'll be our starting edge for the Blues. And I think, well, for, for me anyway, I've wanted to play Cam Murray off the bench for the Blues. I want to have him through, through the, the middle. middle. But the problem is, you'd then have to essentially pick two debutants, unless you go for like a Tyson Brazil or someone, which I think there's a chance Freddie does. <coughs> but my worry was going Hudson Young and. Um, Oluquato as mm. debutants. Mm. Assuming Liam Martin wasn't available, now that he is, I'd be happy to pick him on either edge. Yeah. It's uh, strange because wasn't Tyson Frizzell not even put in the squad last year? And I think we were talking about it going, why wouldn't you even just bring him for experience? And now he's back in the chat of being selected again. Uh, did, did he not? I thought he made the squatting game one. I. And I remember thinking, geez, that's odd. Why wouldn't you just give it to a young guy? If he's oh, it was the reverse. Yeah, reverse. yeah, we were saying yeah. bring in a young guy. And who were we saying to bring in? I can't remember. Oh, was I it can't Hudson, remember. maybe? Might Could have been, been Hudson. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we were talking about... Hudson or Lane. Okay, well, that makes sense. That makes sense then. So I, I like that from Freddie then in regards to, you know, we were, well, I'll say I was probably wrong in regards to bringing a young guy in because Tyson was still very much in the frame. Yeah. Yeah, he was picked in a game one squad, but not two or three. Not two or three. Yeah, and I think, yeah, you're right. We were talking about, well, why not just put a young guy in there? Mm-hmm. What's the point of bringing Tyson there? Because he's already been there so many times, you don't need to give him experience. Uh, but he's still in the frame, and geez, he's been good for the New Knights. Holy. Part, at the same time, part of me would love to have Liam Martin on one edge, Hudson Young on the other. That's <laughs> <laughs> just got origin written all over it, which yeah. I would love. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's, a, it's such a tough call because... Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, back to the Panthers. Uh, it, it works as well because Martin, like, he can play both edges, but he's right edge back row, essentially. He's got that combination with Cleary on the right, and then Hutto's a left edge back row, so it works. Because <laughs> if you were going Hutto too, got to be handed up, Jack White. 
thought you said Jared Croker. Thought you said Jared Croker. Jared Croker on there. Outside of that, yeah. Taruva, outstanding. Tyro Peacher, outstanding. Toto, always outstanding. Seriously, that barely ever plays a bad game. It's like always this bizarre thing with Toto. Oh, yeah, he's a smaller winger, so they'll just kick crossfield bonds to him. Yet no team does. And also, he never struggles under the high ball. He seriously, he defies convention. The convention is small winger, has all this upside when he runs the ball because he's so strong, but he's going to get outleaped all the time. When was the last time you saw Toto get outleaped? I remember his origin debut. I was like very skeptical going, I love Toto, but had some lank dog on him. And you're like, he's just going to leap over him all the time. Mm. He just muscled him with the body. Yep. Didn't look like getting beaten in the air. So good. So good. And look, I know listeners are going to be like, hey, round 11, he was out leap to it. I'm just saying on a regular basis, <laughs> it's not an issue. I, I loved coming into this like coming into this game. The Roosters bench was Cheese, Tupinor, Matt Lodge. And I thought, geez, without Spencer Lenu and with Scott Sorensen starting, mm. the Chooks could really get him in that you know, <clears throat> post-20, 25-minute mark. They didn't get near them. If anything, they, the Penrith Panthers might have got better when <laughs> their bench came on the field, which was unbelievable. Man, I'm telling you, this front row pairing of of um, Panthers, they're almost like the best, well, not almost, they're probably the best front row pairing big game players there is. Every time it gets to the biggest game possible, they're the ones that dominate the game. Grand final, dominated. Obviously, the last couple of grand finals have dominated. Uh, all the big games, except for some throughout the year where it, it takes a RCG junior polo to put it over them. They barely ever get dominated in big games, ever. So good. Uh, so, yeah, there's that game, Penny Panthers, a game we, uh, we've we been waiting for, and by God did they deliver. Oh, my God. Uh, Scotty Sorensen, we've already spoken about him, but, jeez Louise, what a game. Uh, thoughts about the, the nine roll? Do you think that they're getting closer to sorting that out? or? Mitch Kenny getting more reps there, or yeah, I I still believe that Sonny Luke's not a hundred percent. He's got this hamstring injury that apparently just won't go away. Mm. So, mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of it. Or and, and this is you know I've been saying this for weeks, but this has been the reality of Sonny Luke. This is why he's only played 60, 70 New South Wales Cup games in the last five or six years because he has always had a couple of niggling injuries, and I think they're. I think they're very keen just to manage him through and get him through to September because yeah. they know how important he's going to be mm. come the back end. Okay, anything else on uh, the Panthers? All good. All good. Uh, now, on to the Roosters. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, look, only, yes, it is only round 11, but this is a d- disaster loss. Uh, this is really, really bad times for the Roosters. I the problem is is I don't see them any closer to answers. I, if anything, they've, I feel like they've gotten further away from answers. Yes, on paper their roster is incredible, and I don't think they have a culture issue at all. I think culture is the wrong word, but I just do feel like they don't all seem to be headed in the same direction at times. They've got really good, strong individual efforts. There's very rarely could you say a rooster goes out there and doesn't have a red-hot crack. They all have a red-hot crack. Whereas some other t- teams you can see, mate, you, you did not put in. Whereas a rooster, very rarely that happens. But when you look at this side, and obviously we talked about on paper, they're so good. The, the admin, the club is incredibly well run. They know how to win. But on the field right now, they just do not seem to be heading in the same direction. And I think that it's actually going to take a few players taking a step back for them all to take a step forward. 
because right now it's just not working. It's just not working. And uh, they have way too good of a roster to be getting even close to these, this scoreline. And also this year, although they have fought tooth and nail and kind of kept themselves in the hunt, and I think at the moment they're still, what are they? They're, they're just outside the eight. So win-wise, they will be able to claw themselves back in if they go on a bit of a run later in the year. But it does come to a point where for a couple of years we've been saying, all right, well, they're slow starters, 2018 slow starters. Then they're normally slow starters, so we kind of accept it as okay. But there comes a point where in an ideal world, being a slow starter is not a good thing. And so you can't be it every single year. And they've and proven over the last few years that being a slow starter costs them the top four spot. Um, so I'm, I actually think that if, Raid, uh, if the Roosters continue down this path for the next four to six, four matches or so, I think we could see seismic changes at the club. I take on the Dragons this week. Who's having a shit a week? Dragons or the Roosters? It's a hot field. Well, yeah, I mean, it's about to get shitter for the Dragons, I reckon. Um, yeah, Chooks, I... You just never see this team concede that many points. Mm. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would assume that's the most points they've conceded since the 2016 season or something on those. Oh, against South, so I could see Matty jump out of his <laughs> skin then. <coughs> but outside of that, I mean, we, I, I know they conceded more points to South Sydney, but that was that defensive effort was awful for them by their standards. That was just mm. outrageous, and it was obviously made worse. You had Joey Manu get injured. You had. JWH getting Coming Sam off Walker. a 20-6 to six loss to the Cowboys. Yep. We sort of laughed a bit when you said it last week, Kempi, but you said it with substance and that was like having too many stars mm. and not knowing what to do with them because they all want to be the highlight real players. And you summed it up well there saying they're all having a crack, but you, is there too many stars in one team? At least strike weapons rather than stars because you can have 13 stars but all play a role. Mm. I think they're all just on a different page at the moment and... It'll be very interesting to see what the team list comes out as tomorrow and if there are some wholesale changes. Not wholesale changes, but we touched on a handful that we all probably would have made last week and they it didn't happen. Will it happen this week? And that's Sule to the wing. It's, you know, we sort of mentioned maybe Joey Marnie back to centre, Sammy Walker back to the halves, but Sammy Walker's under an injury cloud as well at the moment. He might not be available. Joey Manu, it looked like it was only a rolled ankle, so it might not be anything too extensive, but they're... It's not looking any better for them. Even if Walker's not available this week, I would be moving Manu to centre. Yeah. I'd just play Hutcher. Play someone I would too. He, I just he could be exactly what they need and just like a stable bloke who's not trying to steal the show or overplay his hand. He'll just give this star talent around him good ball. Well, the year, the year that they came fifth and they were decimated by injury, the hardest pairing was Walker Hutchison for most mm. of the year. And, like, when you look at that compared to the stars they've got currently, you'd go Walker, rookie year, essentially, Hutchinson, just a battler. I, I think there is there needs to be a major shift in their the way they approach their footy, the way they go, okay, I, I, look at the Panthers. Everyone plays their role perfectly, perfectly. And I think that you could look at them and go – Sure, there's a few players in that side that could go, we'll actually want more runs or I want more of this. Whereas with the Roosters, I just don't think that, as I said, individually, they're ripping and tearing and having a red-hot crack. But 
as a team, there just does not just seem to be any cohesion whatsoever. Well, I feel like in the preseason, one thing we've been vindicated for, at least at this point, is we, we were all a bit sceptical of the Brandon Smith signing. No knock on how good Cheese is as a footballer, but just that they didn't need another, again, strike weapon to in this side. Like They could have used uh, someone like Jake Turpin, who's a solid signing on, would have been peanuts, comparatively, who can just go and distribute early and give good ball. Mm. And... I think so far, that's proven correct. I think when you look at them on the weekend, they had a centre playing 5'8", in my opinion, opinion, they had a middle forward playing hooker, and they had a 5'8", playing halfback. Yeah, I I think, because I've thought about it a lot, it's like, what is happening there? I reckon when the game shifted in 2020 so quickly on everyone, I think that, and this is just a vibe feeling, maybe stats wouldn't back it up, but I think maybe Robbo has swung too heavily towards the shifting of the game and he hasn't been able to kind of counter swing back because the game actually has swung back closer to what it was in 2018 and 19. Like 2020, we saw this just like rule changes, the game completely opened up. And what did it suit? It suited a bunch of ball runners all through the middle, heaps of pace, heaps of tackle breaks, to just just the speed of the play of the ball is so quick. And then over the last couple of years, all the rule changes have come back and now the game is much closer to pre-2018. And I wonder whether, sorry, pre-2020, and I wonder whether it's, they went, Roosters went too far down the track of, well, this is the new version of the game. We need to sign this player, this player, this player, and we'll dominate in that fashion maybe. That's the kind of feeling I'm getting. It's hard to because in 2020, when all that was going down, they handed the keys to Sam Walker. And mm. he played some of the most expansive footy we've ever seen, which I'm I'm now looking at going, geez, did Sam Walker miss out on two or three years of key development where he should have been learning how to play the style the Roosters want to play now? Because mm. I, I feel like Walker's a real scapegoat at the moment. I feel sorry for him. Well, it's, he's clearly not the problem. He's clearly not yeah, the, yeah. the problem. Don't tell me he's the problem. Yeah. Well, he's been dropped for two or three weeks. And they've lost they both. They just beat the Dragons. Yeah who we know how they're going, and then they got pumped by the Cows and pumped by the Panthers. Sam Walker's not the issue. I mean, another really alarming thing, and maybe he's carrying injury because it was, you know, he's such a team player. Tedesco, this is the most unlike Mm. Tedesco performance I've ever seen in my life. He had 12 runs, 104 metres, one tackle break. Like... We've, I can't – when was the last time you saw Teddy have that kind of amount of runs? And, look, yes, they had much less possession. Yes, they, you know, were against a side that completed at, you know, 85% or 89%, I think, actually. And the, the, the uh, Roosters completed at 68%. I mean, that's how ruthless the Panthers were. They completed at 89%. Talk about ruthless. Oh, my God. Uh, but the, the, the bizarre thing is is that – the Roosters roster, on paper, you could make an argument, is better than the Panthers one. You take Cleary out of that team, there's an argument to be had that that Roosters roster is better on paper. That forward pack, JWH, Cheese, Lindsay Collins, Angus Cryan, Nat Butcher, Victor Radley, then off the bench they had Tupanua and Matt Lodge. And a team like that shouldn't get beaten by eight. Did you, say, did you say Crichton as well? Yeah. Yeah. Angus, crazy. Get a load of this. So you talk about Teddy with 104 metres... Tom, I say there's a glitch on the NRL website. Kick return meters. Wingers, Corey Allen, 24. Jackson Barlow, <coughs> 34. James Tedesco, 2. Wow. 
two meters. Again, if it's a glitch, sort your shit out at NRL.com. <laughs> but assuming it's not, that shows where was this game of footy played? All basically in the Roosters' half and in their 20. Yeah, wow. Or like it didn't get to fifth tackle and they yeah. just cut through them. Yeah. That That's is shocking. unbelievable. That is truly shocking. That is truly shocking. Um, so I don't know what else there is to say. It's just unfortunately at the Roosters right now, it's just not good enough. I'm really excited to see Teamless this week. Yeah. But at the same time, how many options do they have? Well, yeah, well, what are you going to do? Like what's the... What message can you send? Yeah, which of these international forwards are you going to drop? Especially now that JWH is out. Mm. And, you know, if they don't want to play Hutcho in the halves, what do you do with mm. Sam Walker injured? If Walker and Manu are out, I'd go, so we'll let you do the wing. Allen out. It's not Corey Allen's fault they're losing again, but I'll do that. And if they're both out, I'd go Drew Hutchin in the halves and just say, all right, Luke, here, it's your show. Mm. And just see how it goes. <clears throat> and if Joey Manu is available, I'd go him to centre and so we'll let you do the wing. I think the one shining light has been Billy Smith the last two weeks. Yeah, he's been outstanding. He looks fantastic. Just, sorry, just on the Roosters, just um, not to like make excuses or anything, but I will say we said about the Warriors last week. They they play this Friday. Four games ago was the, the Anzac Day game, so they've had four games in nineteen days. So that's four, a game every Jeez. four and a half days. That's mm. a five game turnaround, worse than a five game turnaround for four weeks, pretty much. So they do have that. Yeah. I mean, it's hectic for sure. Absolutely. They'll take your South membership off you for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely not favourable, that's for sure. Uh, if Put it this way, if they had have performed really strongly the first couple of weeks of that and then the last game or two they got pumped, I would be like, yeah, that could play a part in it. But And it clearly has played a part in it. But the fact that they got beaten by Cowboys, they only just squeezed past the Dragons and then they, they got tailed up by the Panthers, it's like... Clearly, that there's more problems too at the Roosters, and as I said, I don't think it's a. I think they're easily top two run clubs in the comp, top three minimum. Incredibly well run club. They know how to win. They've been doing it for so long. They've been on top for so long. It's not a roster issue. We know Trent Robinson can coach, but I do think that they, as I said, they may need to take a step back individually to take a step back, step two steps forward as a team. Hutcho in reserve grade, you know, lost to the Panthers. One try, 20 runs, 127 metres, five tackle breaks, 22 tackles, one missed. Love it. Yeah, maybe. And again, that, that, that what's so shocking about it is a couple of years ago, they were decimated with injury. They came fifth. They came fifth. So it's a really long season, but I do think that how many... They're very rarely would we give this much, this many clubs this much like, oh, it's a slow start, slow start. But the positive is, as I said, they're, they're actually, what, a win outside the eight? The internet's bloody not working here. Could you check that for us, Matty? <laughs> they're a win outside the eight. The top eight is so congested. That makes them, what, two, two wins from the top four. So their season can turn around and turn around quickly, but real, real concerns. They haven't really fired a shot since 2008, 2019. What's what? Where are they on the ladder? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and how many wins are they outside the eight? So they're on ten. They're tenth. They're sitting twelfth. But the Warriors are eighth, and they're also got twelve points. So they're one. They're one win. They're they're in the eight on four and against basically. So they've got the same wins as 
in the top eight, but their four against has put them outside the eight. Yeah, they've had a bias, so it's one win less, and that's okay. what skews it. But yeah, the Warriors are on twelve competition points. The Roosters are on twelve competition points. So the Warriors this, are in the eight. At this stage, it takes two good games and their season's turned around pretty much. I know it's obviously coming off the back of a huge loss, but their four and against at the moment is minus 65. That's the third worst in the competition. Wow. Only the Bulldogs and the West Tigers are worse. The, tie, the Dragons are minus 47. Wow. Well, they've got yeah, they've got the second worst attack in the NRL. Tigers last on 13.6 points per game scored. Roosters are 15.7. Wow. That's damning stats. I mean, their defensive stats are pretty good, though, I think, when you look at them. Yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're obviously skewed by that one, but yeah. So it's interesting on the ladder. If you have a look, the top six teams have positive for and against. Mm. Everyone else is negative except for Parramatta in fourteenth, who are plus twenty-four. <laughs> so Parramatta mm. have the fifth best for and against in the league at the moment. They're fourteenth. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> um, so yeah, if this continues, I definitely think there's going to be huge <laughs> change at the clubs. Let's say they continue down this route. Do you think 2024, this squad looks a lot, a lot different? I think so. Yeah, mm. and I think it could. I don't know. I said last week we never ask any questions about Luke Keery. I mean, does Robbo start to get questions? He has to. Well, I think Robbo do, does get questioned for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I've said it a number of times, but like if you look at the case study of Victor Radler, it's the best lock in the game three or four years ago, and he's progressively gone downhill doing the same thing every single year. Mm. Nothing's changed there. I, you know, Luke Keery hasn't. I know he's had head knocks and everything, but he hasn't been overly impressive since they won in eighteen nineteen. They've been through two young halfbacks now who are meant to be stars. Mm. The question's got to be. And you know, constantly we're sitting here watching Joey Manu play five eight, going, "It stunts everything." Mm. There was a period there where I thought that he could be a five eight for them, but I just think that they're so far away from like. A structured game plan at the moment that it'd be too it's just too hard to put in there because and, and i think he takes away from the roosters but i also think you take away from joey manu too because mm. you, you're making mm. him think not like manu you're making him you're trying to make him sort of ball play he tries to fit in and it just doesn't work he's never been a 5-8 never will be and you wonder why teddy's going terribly by his standards granted teddy had a slow start of the season before joey moved <laughs> to 5-8 but Ted, like teddy Gets killed off with Joey at five eight in a t- in attacking footy for sure. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Roosters, it is. Uh, yeah, the pressure is absolutely building, and right now after that defeat, oh man, and it's almost ironic because that Sam Walker call. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. It's it's like a big elephant in the room in regards to like you. I mean, the Roosters didn't say it was his fault, and I'm not saying that they even internally think it's his fault. But he was the face of, hmm. or he's getting dropped. This is this is the reason for. As I said, I'm sure internally they are going. He's the reason we're losing, but outward looking, it was such a big story, and there's been no reaction from the playing group. There's been no. You know, Sam's been dropped. Uh-oh, we're all not safe. 
it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, the, if anything, it's gotten worse. The Raiders won't treat him like that next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we could be, if they don't turn it around, we could be seeing some quite dramatic scenes at the, the Roosters. Uh, because right now, they, as I personally believe, they've got too many stars. It sounds so stupid and so bizarre, but they just there's so many guns in that side, it's crazy. I really want to see the impact that a role player in Hutcho would have. Yeah, and, yeah. and have Turpin and uh, Cheese rotating. Yeah. You know, like Cheese on first 20, bring on Turpin, put Cheese in the forward somewhere, get him to go skits. And then if you want to put him back at nine, because like people say, oh, he's not a nine, he's not a nine. He did win Dallium at nine, but I'm pretty sure the year he did win Dallium at nine, he was rotating with Harry Grant. And so I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yep. Yeah, rotating with Harry Grant. So he does need a partner in crime. And I think that obviously Jake Turpin isn't Harry Grant, but what it can do, it can give him the time to have those runs as a forward without having to worry about being the ball player for the yep. whole 80 minutes. Uh, I've always said when I say that, I think Cheese is a fantastic red zone nine. But it's the other 80 metres in the field that I just don't think he has what it takes at hooker. I really don't. And you go back to that season, like he, he won Dallium hooker because he scored 11 tries or something. Go back and watch those 11 tries. And also he had a spine that actually fully promotes his style of footy. Yep. You got Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes, all off the cuff, front foot players not like don't need to be that structured um i mean basically you've got three fullbacks in your spine and a ball running you know whereas obviously the roosters don't have that so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to the roosters but that is uh yeah that is a disaster unfortunately that loss to the panthers